Magandang araw po mga kapwa Pinoy's maligayang bati. Welcome sa episode 11 ng Usapang Pinoy, a podcast of Georgia Asian Times. Iniimbita ko po kayong uh, spread the word at mag-sign up sa subscription sa usapangpinoyga at gmail.com. Bigay lang po ninyo ang inyong first name, last name, phone number at email at automatic na may papadala sa inyo pag nai-release ang podcast. So, I am very excited today dahil po sa wakas ang ating pong pinakahintay-hintay na guest ay makakasama din natin sa wakas. Abangan po ninyo pag tinawag ko ng ating um, bisitang guest na si Senator Marvin Lim. Yay! So, meron po akong dalawa or tatlong community events na i-announce. Ang una po ay sa February 21, meron pong membership workshop seminar ang Philippine American Chamber of Commerce of Georgia and they will talk about um, the new changes in the tax laws. And this is important in line with the deadline po ng pag-file ng taxes ng mga business owners is in March. So uh, February 21, pumunta lang po kayo sa PACA Facebook page and nandun po yung Zoom in call-in information, and the password. Also, on February 25th, meron pong webinar ang UGA Small Business Development, and the title is How to Develop an Import-Export Business. Pumunta lang po kayo sa kanilang site, um, georgiasbdc.org slash training. Then, the last community announcement na ibibigay ko ay ang Filipino-American Patient-Centered Outcomes Research, shortly known as FAPCOR, they just recently launched a FILM Research Hub project to create a nationwide infrastructure to promote patient-centered outcomes research. Nililid po ito ni Dr. Maria Donet Lapis Bloom, who is a professor of the University of Texas Health Science Center. And ang target po nila is um, fill um, health issues including mental health issues. Ngayon, po, ngayon naman po, gusto kong ipamahagi sa inyo a couple of fun facts and this is about types of martial arts which began in the Philippines. Nakakatawa po. Ang una, pag nakalimut, yung mga kabataan, hindi, hindi na nila alam yung tungkol sa arnis. Yun ang tawag natin. It's A-R-N-I. And this is the national sport in the Philippines. Also dito, it is also known as Eskrima and Kali. This is a we- weapon-based sport and which emphasizes um, fighting which is done using knives, bladed weapons, sticks, and various improvised weapons. Ito po na-develop Um, as a way of deven- defending one's life when when attacked. Um, here's a newsflash. Si Bruce Lee po, he studied Filipino martial arts. He was an avid practitioner of Philippine, Filipino Eskrima. Ito pa po ang isang fun fact. Si Travado, Trovador Ramos, siya po ang nagturo kay Bruce Lee sa arnis, sa paggamit ng arnis. And he defeated Bruce Lee in a match that was supposed to be the deciding verdict for Mr. Ramos to accept Bruce's offer to cast him as a villain sa isang mga, sa mga pelikula niya. Natapos pala yun, pero hindi na, naipalabas dahil nga namatay na si Bruce Lee. 
But so for those young folks who didn't know that, that's a piece of history for you there. Ang pangalawa po sa martial arts, ang tinatawag na panantukan. And this is the Filipino boxing arts. And it's an empty-handed technique. Um, hindi katulad, it shouldn't be confused with the um, boxing sports in Western sport of boxing. Um, that the sapanantukan came from the word suntukan, diba? When when we were growing up, and then the kids are fighting, and then they're gonna say, "Oh, nagsusuntukan na sila." They're hitting each other with their with their bare hands, walang gloves po yan. And um, it was er- erroneously translated um, it from suntukan or panuntukan into panantukan, which is a corruption of Tagalog. So this was infused by pioneers such as John Lacosta, Leodoro Lac, Lucay Lucay into the Filipino martial arts. So yung last part po niyan, so nandiyan na tayo yung, yung use with weapons, right? And then use of bare hands. Ngayon, pangatlo naman yan is yung pananjakman. Pananjakman. Alala ninyo, ang root word niyan ay nananadjak, di ba? <laughs> and that is the kicking element of the Filipino fighting system. And this, if you don't know, predates the Spanish rule. Uh, this is the um, warrior kicking methods were disguised in games. Anaalala nyo yung sipa? That's when you um, you aim to kick a softball made of rattan or other things, and then you 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 work so hard and kick so so much <coughs> to prevent fr- to prevent the ball from from um, falling to the ground. <coughs> Excuse me. So the other um, the other variation of sipa is what they call sikaran, and it is a combative game involving two men who attempt to kick one another out of a small circle. So yun po ang ating Filipino martial arts. And of course, as you all know, additional popular sports include basketball, boxing, football, billiards, chess, bowling, volleyball, and badminton. Pero fr- um, noong lumalaki po, ako, ang akala, akala nila, sabi nila, isang sports din daw ang sabong, which is the Filipino rooster fights. That was considered as a sport then, but then, and now, nowadays, of course, it closed down by the time I left the, the country because it became illegal. And on Sunday afternoons, they have these huge buildings where they bring the roosters, yung sabungan ang tawag doon, because of the, the game is called sabong. So, it became illegal because of the gambling that was involved. Anyway... All right. Before I invite our special guest, meron po akong uh, continuation ng ating series about those traditions we hardly perform anymore. Ito po yung, we talked about number one through six the last time. Ito po yung number seven. Yung six o'clock curfew. Diba? Ang, ang rule noon, you have to be back inside the house before it's six o'clock in the evening. This is because um, in Filipino belief na the spirits and creatures of the night come out after six o'clock. And di ba pag nagpapaalam ka sa mga magulang mo na, oh, lalabas muna ako, maglalaro ako. Ang, san, ang sinasabi nila, kailangan bumalik ka ng bahay bago mag-alasais, bago mag-angelus. Kasi di ba, lumalaki tayo yung uh, kinakalimbang yung, 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 uh, yung simbahan, yung the bells of the church at 6 o'clock, eh, mag-angelus ka na. So ang sabi ng mga parents natin, kailangan makabalik ka bago mag-alasais. And then this, the number eight is chicken blood on your birthday. Now, ito was practiced in the far-flung areas. And 
this is a tradition that on your birthday, the whole household gets busy. Siyempre, naghahanta sila ng napakaraming meals, di ba? So the tradition dictates that uh, the birthday celebrant will be anointed on the forehead with fresh chicken blood by the elder. Ang, ang um, rason po niyan is it's a way of blessing the celebrant and warding off any bad luck. And this is similar to the idea of sacrifice for uh, prosperity. And the chicken is usually served um, with the food for the birthday celebration. Yun lang po, mga kababayan. Ako ay magbabalik with our uh, guest podcaster. Welcome back, mga kababayan. Maraming salamat po. At this point, I am so excited to introduce to you ang ating guest podcaster. Siya po ang ating matagal nang hinihintay. And that's why I'm so happy, so happy na nandito siya ngayon. He is the first Filipino state representative in Georgia who will talk about being a 1.5 generation immigrant and how that motivates him in his public government life. Mga kababayan, I am so proud to present to you Senator Marvin Lim. Welcome, Marvin. Uh, thank you, Jane. Maraming salamat. Kumusta sa lahat? <laughs> I am so glad you can speak fluent Tagalog. Hindi naman fluent, malambot na malambot. Pero kung kaya ko, usapan ko ng Pinoy. Right. Because that is the title of this podcast. Yes. So give us a short background about yourself and tell us about being born and growing up in the Philippines and what do you remember about that? Yes. So I was born in the Philippines. I was born in 1984. And I was born um, to a family on both sides, my father and mom's side, that come from a very humble agricultural background. And I can't say I remember too much about the Philippines. I lived there until I was seven, but I don't remember too much uh, about actually being there. But very There were many things that, that stand out from that. I remember certainly the rural areas, particularly where my mom is. She's in Binangonan, Tarizal. Um, so it's in a metro region, the metro Manila capital region, but it's on the outskirts and it's very agricultural. Um, and there's a lot of poverty there. And I remember seeing that. And particularly when I first came to the U.S., That really stood out to me how different it was in the Philippines. The other thing I, I remember is that my brother and I, we would travel about 45 minutes from where we were, which was uh, in Kainta and Rizal, to go to school because my mom and my dad, who were both working parents, they worked at Meralco together, the electric corporation in the Philippines. It was very important to them to get us the best education. There, the public schools where we were were just not good at all. So we would travel almost an hour to get to, to school uh, across town. My uncle would take us in his Jeep or his Jeepney. And again, that stands out to me uh, like my, my other memory of the rural areas because I remember when I came to the U.S. how different it was, how right. we, would, we could walk to school in about 10 minutes. Um, and it was public school, so my parents weren't paying for it. So, so much of my memory of the Philippines is, is very much in contrast to what life was like when we ultimately came to the U.S. here in Atlanta when I was seven. Right. So, you, your family migrated here when you were seven years old, as you said, but what was the decision behind that? And, and what do you remember about that experience, your 
your migration? Yes. So my father was offered an opportunity. I mentioned that he and my my mom worked at Morocco. Um, he was an engineer, and he was offered an opportunity to start uh, a branch of Morocco or the subsidiary Miasport here in Atlanta. And it's an opportunity that uh, because my parents wanted the best lives for our family, but certainly for me and my brother, that at the end of the day, it was not a, a difficult decision for them, even though certainly it was difficult to leave uh, our family. Um, all of our extended family was in the Philippines. And even today, um, I'm the only one in Atlanta. My, my mom and my, my brother moved back. But that aside, even though it was going to be so hard to, to leave family and we remain very family-oriented, the Philippines is a very family-oriented culture, it was important to my parents for me and my brother to have all of the opportunities. And I, I mentioned earlier they were spending so much of their resources and money to send us to a private school across town in, in, the, in the Philippines. They knew that they would not have to do that, that here. That they would, uh, that we would get uh, at least an adequate schooling, uh, regardless of, of of where we went. And it's not exactly that. That didn't exactly necessarily come to pass because then later on we had to move to go to a better school district. But certainly the the general promise of not having to spend a two person income almost solely on um, on education really speaks to the opportunities my my parents wanted for me and my brother. And right. that's why ultimately we moved here. That's right. Uh, this, this most of the reasons why a lot of people move here is for the opportunity, education-wise, and jobs and all that. Now, mm -hmm. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, the Filipino Americans are underrepresented among the elected officials and even among films elected in the United States. And you're relatively young yourself. So what made you want to venture into politics? That is a really good question. And for me, it was very much because I saw a lot of my and my family's background and experiences in a lot of the people here in Georgia and even in my own district. Uh, for example, obviously, I'm an immigrant. I've, I've told a little bit about my story. Over half of the people in my district are, are immigrants, foreign-born immigrants. Um, and that's not counting, you know, first generation, second generation. There's also a great deal of people here that are are struggling in, in my district, and that's certainly representative of others in Georgia and in America. And that's something that was very much reflected in my experience as well. I mentioned why we came here, but we also it was not a straight linear path to success and wealth. We we struggled a lot. Um, I mentioned I, I that my dad. Uh, opened the branch of uh, Miesquare Morocco subsidiary here. That did not last very long. So he was unemployed for a while. He had to be on unemployment. My brother and I were on public assistance, uh, peach care for kids, free school lunches and breakfast. So that speaks to my experiences and the struggles, but I certainly see that struggle in, in others in, in my district and certainly among the, the Filipino-American experience. I know enough to know that, you know, as a not only as a 1.5 generation immigrant, um, that is someone who came at that five to 10 year old age, but also as someone that came a little bit later in the migration of Filipinos to America. 
Um, so we weren't that first wave in the 60s, 70s. We were in that, that 90s wave that there are certainly a lot of people that that come here to work hard, that have that Filipino spirit, but that, that, that still struggle. And that was something that was very important to me uh, to, to ensure that those voices, whether Filipino or not, Filipino-American or not, that was being represented in our, our government. And it just so happened that I ran during, I didn't start running during the pandemic, but most of my campaign and, and all of my service as an elected official has been in the pandemic. And because of the pandemic, I think we know a lot more people can identify with, with those struggles. It's always been very important to me throughout my, my relatively short political career up to now to be able to represent those, those voices, voices that aren't often heard and may not be speaking about the most vocal issues, but others just worried about putting food on the table or navigating a bureaucracy, whether that's bureaucracy related to immigration or, or unemployment insurance. That's really what I, I ran on, why I wanted to run, and that's what influences how I act in this role on a day-to-day basis. Thank you. You, you. you remind me, your response reminds me of uh, a battle cry uh, of an organization I belong to. We call it uh, MIM and MUM. Make it matter. Make us matter. So uh, what yes, you're saying is yes. that we, we... And the other thing too is that if you are not on the table, meaning if you don't have any representation, then you're going to be a part of the menu, right? <laughs> so that's yep. how I look at it. So with the... I know in Georgia, there's about 21,832 Filipinos. Um, Mm -hmm. And last year was your first year in office. And with the pandemic and the March 16 shootings in Atlanta and the general climate, um, how would you assess your first year and the political um, life in general? (sighs) That is awesome. Good question. And I strive to be honest and transparent. It was not easy. It was not easy for me, but it was not easy for me because it was not easy for, for a lot of people. Uh, on the one hand, the, the general political climate is one that is very difficult for a lot of people to navigate. It can be very partisan, Democrat, Republican. What I've done that has allowed me to succeed is really, again, focus on the needs of the people. I mentioned earlier one of the things that people struggled with was with unemployment, um, with unemployment insurance was something that was a struggle for people of all stripes to be able to access last year, not necessarily because of any partisan politics, but because of how to navigate that bureaucracy. You know, all sorts of programs at the federal, state, and local levels to help people, but it's one thing to have a program. It's another thing to get the program and the resources uh to the, the people, the people that really need them. So I really uh, kind of made sure that that was my focus, which made it a lot easier to navigate some of the partisan struggles because when people are, are bickering over important issues, if you can find that common ground, hey, everyone is struggling with unemployment or or getting an, enough money for a transportation, childcare, with education, getting kids back to school. Yeah, we have a lot of controversies around that, but I really wanted to be of service to help people on the day-to-day level, what that was like. So on the one hand, it was easier in the sense that I didn't have to deal as much with the partisan strife. I One of my proudest accomplishments is I introduced a lot of bills at the General Assembly, and out of any Democrat or Republican on the House side, I actually got the most hearings. So I was able to speak for the needs of my constituents um, in, in a very public way and advocate for them. 
on the, on the other side, it, it was it was tough um, because I mean it was just a pandemic year, and all of it was new to us. I mentioned I, I did a lot on helping people navigate through the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. That bureaucracy it is very real. There were many people, and still many people, that struggle to get um, help with their unemployment or rental or mortgage assistance. All of those things continue, and I'm. I, I take a lot of privilege in this position, but at the end of the day, I'm only one person. Um, I depend a lot on others at all levels of the government, federal, state, and local, as well as for-profits and non-profits to get people the help they need. So uh, it's difficult because I can only do so much. I wish I could do more, but I know I can't. So it's been a struggle and a learning curve for me to figure out you know, what are the limitations and accept what I, I cannot change and go after what I can. That's right. And uh, I want you to know that you have the whole Filipino community behind you, rooting for you all the time. So <clears throat> so I know there's, a, there's still a, lo- a long ways to go, and um, y- we know that you will be able to accomplish a lot for the community and the whole, um, your, your constituents as a, as a whole. Now, my last question before I let you go, is uh, what what hopes do you have for the future of the Filipino-Americans, including their future in political life? Because as we all know, we are underrepresented both in the lo- um, local, mm-hmm. state, and national politics. So I will answer that question by relating it back first to what I said at the beginning. The fact that I am a 1.5 generation immigrant that is, I, w- I was certainly younger when I came here, but I certainly knew enough about the language to be able to speak mm-hmm. basic Tagalog uh, <laughs> to, to you and, and to others. So I'm in a little bit of a different position, though, than first-generation, second-generation Filipino-Americans that might not know the language, not might not be as tied to the culture, might not ever have been to the Philippines, might not know a lot of their history. And my, to that point, my greatest hope for Filipino Americans, and particularly in Georgia, where the community is more diffuse than it is in, say, New York, New Jersey, or California. There's fewer of us, and we're all over the place, um, which makes it a, a little bit more of a struggle sometimes to, to be organized. So my greatest hope is to ensure that we are organized, not only in terms of political action, but I think at the end of the day, before you take political action, you want that political action to be motivated in a good way. And I want it to be motivated for, for all of us as Filipino-Americans by our, our shared experiences. But we don't have those shared experiences if we don't have that shared identity. And I look at other cultures that have more density in, in Atlanta that are able to more easily translate their, their cultures, even in terms of food, but also in terms of, of values, um, I look at, I have a strong Vietnamese-American community here, and they congregate around the church right north of my district, and that more easily enables them to communicate their shared values, cultures, and norms to the next generation. We are in a little bit of a different space because of the, the just the, the, the realities of where we are um, here in Atlanta. Uh, in, in Georgia as Filipino-Americans, but my hope remains that we will able to be a strong Filipino-American community for generations moving forward. 
Uh, another way to say that is that I hope we don't lose that sense of Filipino-ness, that Filipino-Americanness that makes us so great. Yes, well, thank you. And I think, uh, I think we're getting there because we, even though we are so widespread, you know how Filipinos will drive 30, 40, an hour to get to a place just to be with other Filipinos. And you're, you are aware that there's about um, 20 plus, almost 30 organizations and um, we are united like Kalayan is coming up in June yep. and all the organizations are pretty tight and uh, are getting together to, to celebrate that. And there's um, every activity that um, one Filipino um, need or somebody there's a typhoon in the philippines that devastated the community or some everybody every filipino um come together so i think i think it will come into a fruition your, your hope that everybody's going to be close and um more more uh powerful because there's power in numbers so yeah with that said it's incredible efforts are being made by by folks like you and others and anything I could do to be supportive of that, I, I'm there. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you so much. And, you know, I will be keeping in touch because there are uh, other things I need to talk to you about. <laughs> so, <laughs> with, <laughs> yes. With that said, I um, is there any parting words you want to uh, let our uh, listeners know? Well, thank you for the opportunity. My, my last parting word is, this is a difficult time for a lot of people, regardless of where you are on the partisan political party, on the socioeconomic spectrum. At the end of the day, what I have loved about Filipino Americans is how warm we are. I always tell people, social science studies have repeatedly shown we are some of the friendliest people, some of the most passionate people in the world. And it is my belief that if we can unite with that passion, that we can accomplish so much. And again, anything that I can do, regardless of whether you might agree with me or disagree with me or even know who I am, that is what I want to accomplish, hopefully, with, with you all. Well, thank you so very much. With that said, I will uh, say goodbye for now. And I hope you will come back to Usapang Pinoy because we will definitely have you back. Thank you so much, Jane. I would be very happy to come back. Thank you. Maraming salamat. Hello, mga kababayan. Maraming salamat po sa pakikinig ninyo sa very inspiring conversation with our very own State Senator Marvin Lim, maraming salamat po. Ngayon naman po, meron akong public service announcement as part of the series of the month on mental health uh, na sinimulan nating pinag-usapan the last few episodes and we will continue to do so. So instead of giving you a, the long list of resources like I was doing last time, ibibigay ko na lang po sa inyo yung sites where all 17 of these resources are located where it's listed and listen up closely because this is pretty long it's https colon forward slash forward slash www dot verywellmind.com i'm sorry verywellmind.com forward slash mental health resources for asian pacific islander communities so you'll be able to find that 
So in that connection, meron po akong special announcements about mental health. The Georgia Asian Times is offering a free webinar on Asian hate crimes, what we have learned or what have we learned. And this is scheduled on February 25th of this year. And the details are in Georgia Asian Times websites. This is uh, going to be a series of um, events and series of panel discussions, I should say. And we will be including um, panelists from the different Asian commu communities and including uh, our folks from the law enforcement as well. So, tandaan po ninyo, webinar on Asian hate crimes sa February 25, and please check the Georgia Asian Times website. Salamat po. Ngayon po, meron akong joke for the day, and this one is about the meaning of dreams. One morning after she woke up, a woman told her husband, I just dreamed that you gave me a diamond necklace for Valentine's Day. What do you think it means? The husband said, well, maybe you'll find out tonight. So that evening, the man came home with a small package and gave it to his wife. Delighted, she opened it. And she found a book entitled, The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> I know, that's corny. But here's another joke for you. A husband coming home from confession suddenly lifted his wife and carried her. And his wife said, why did the priest tell you to be romantic like this? And her husband responded, no, he told me to carry my cross. <laughs> Yun lang po ang aking mga jokes. Mga kababayan, so before I close, I'm gonna give you a couple of inspiring messages, inspiring quotes from Mahatma Gandhi. Number one, Man often becomes what he believes himself to be. If I keep on saying to myself that I cannot do a certain thing, it is possible that I may end by really becoming incapable of doing it. On the contrary, if I have a belief that I can do it, I shall surely acquire the capacity to do it even if I may not have it at the beginning. And number two, he said, mutual courtesy and respect is the foundation of culture. Very well said. Number three, to give service to a single heart by a single act is better than a thousand deeds bowing in prayer. I'm sorry, thousand heads bowing in prayer. And the last one is a very powerful one that is uh, very timely for Valentine's uh, month. The law of love knows no bounds of space or time. Salamat po. So, magpapaalam na po ako. Panahon na naman para magpaalam. Tandaan po ninyo na mag-sign up for subscription sa usapangpinoyga at gmail.com at include your first name, last name, telephone number, and email address. Yun lang po mga kababayan. Hanggang sa muli, paalam muna sa ngayon. Sa